the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on what we like to call a free-for-all Friday on AM 1420. The answer, it is seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. And uh, it is a Friday, the fourth morning of the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2019. We have one guest coming up. It is a great one. He'll be coming up at 935. He is the sage of South Central. Of course, I speak of the great Larry Elder, who will be joining us to discuss government shutdowns, to discuss um, uh, uh, threats made against the president, to discuss impeachment proceedings and articles being introduced. And you know what else we're going to discuss? Because we absolutely should, and we should celebrate the December jobs report. That's right. It literally came down just a little over a half an hour ago. And once again, the president of the United States continues to make America great again. 312,000 new jobs were added in the month of December. The unemployment rate rose to 3.9%, and that is actually a good thing. Yes. That is worthy. That is indeed worthy of a can you dig it. The jobless rate rose, and that's a good thing. And let me explain. First of all, uh, the good news on the, uh, on the number job creation. Uh, ended 2018 on a very powerful note. Non-farm payrolls surged by 312,000 in December. Um, that is way above expectations, and it continues two years of extraordinary growth, not just in jobs, but in wages as well. Something that some people, including a lot of professional analysts, uh, feel like the Fed is trying to stop. Is Jerome Powell 
and the Federal Reserve trying to stop President Trump from continuing the growth that this country is enjoying in wages and in jobs and in business expansion and development by raising interest rates? That's part of what we're going to talk about. But the president continued this tremendous run with 312,000 jobs created. And when I say the jobless rate rose, why is that a good thing to 3.9%? Because it was for the right reasons. That's why. 419,000 new workers entered the workforce in December. And the labor force participation rate increased to 63.1%. The participation level was up 0.2 percentage points from November 0.4 percentage points compared to the year-ago level. A broader measure of unemployment that includes discouraged workers and those holding part-time jobs for economic reasons held steady at 7.6%. In addition to the big payroll gain in terms of number of uh, people working, wages also jumped 3.2% from a year ago and 0.4% over the previous month. The year-over-year increase is tied with October for the best since April of 2009. That's right. This is the best wage growth we have enjoyed enjoyed in a decade, and that includes all eight years of the Obama presidency. Tell me again how that's not making America great. This, my friends, is why the left is so desperate to try to stop Donald Trump. It's why they are so desperate to try to destroy Donald Trump. It's why on the very first day of the new Congress, articles of impeachment were introduced by lunatic Democrat representatives. It's why on the very first day of the new Congress, a freshman representative from Michiganistan the first female Muslim to be elected to Congress in history. Her name is Rashida Talib. On her very first day, instead of coming into the Congress quietly, kind of keeping to herself, in the shadows, post for some pictures, be glad and, and, and grateful for the fact that you are now in Congress, but I have to learn my way around Capitol Hill. I have to learn proper protocol proper procedures, got to find, kind of find my way through this, instead of doing what most freshman representatives do, this Muslim uh, Democrat from Michiganistan, Rashida Tlaib, decided to come in to the job with both barrels blazing and pointed directly at the President of the United States. On day one, a freshman member of Congress came to the job and said this to her supporters. I love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I say, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother... We um, strategically placed the bleep over the second half of that compound uh, noun. You heard the mother part, though, didn't you? The Democrats have indicated that this is what the next two years is going to be all about. Is it going to be about leadership? No. Is it going to be about legislation? No. Is it going to be about a continuation of the tremendous economy that has been growing under the president's policies of deregulation and lower taxation? No. 
Are the next two years going to be about continued job growth, which we just saw underscored again with this 312,000 new jobs added in December report? No. Is it going to be about continuing to battle terrorism with the strongest military in the world? No. Are these next two years going to be characterized by securing our country and our borders? Keeping deadly drugs and even deadlier gang members and terrorists from crossing our southern border and killing American citizens? No. The next two years are going to be about calling Donald Trump a mother blanker and a racist and a bigot and drumming up phony charges of articles of impeachment in order to stop him from continuing the tremendous pace that he has been set upon. To stop him from continuing the economic growth that we are all enjoying. To stop him from continuing to cut joblessness down and to add more workers to the workforce participation rate. Remember, the workforce participation rate was at an all-time low when Barack Obama was president. Now it is climbing again. We're still just two years into the Trump presidency. But it continues to climb. Jobs continue to be created. And it's not Barack Obama jobs. It's not part-time or low-wage service sector jobs. President Trump is creating more jobs with higher wages than we have seen in a decade. Wage growth that we have not seen through all eight years of the Obama presidency. Why would the left want to allow that to continue? All that can do is hurt them. So instead, they're going to name call, they're going to berate, they're going to publicly harass the President of the United States who continues to work to do his level best for the American people. And they are emboldened enough so that a freshman congressional representative can walk onto the job on day one of the new Congress and declare... I love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I say, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother... You know, it's at times like this I uh, have to remind myself and, and ask myself, actually, which is worse? The fact that she was so emboldened, this America-hating, Israel-denying, Muslim representative from Michiganistan, the fact that she would call the President of the United States a mother blanker to her supporters, or... The fact that her supporters wildly cheered her for doing so. I don't know which of those is worse. But I do know that any hope, any any delusion that you may have been under or that I may have been under, that there was a chance at some sort of political civility in the next two years, went out the window on day one of the new Congress. It is impossible to understand the depths of hatred that the Democrats feel for Donald Trump. Notice, since that was said yesterday, 
by uh, the representative Rashida Talib from Michigan. Not one single word of condemnation from a Democrat. Not one Democrat disavowing such language as being beneath the office. Both the president's office and her own office. Not one. And why? Because behind closed doors, they're all high-fiving one another. They say, did you see what Rashida said? Ooh, you go, girl! Because that's what they believe in. That's who they are. And they don't even try to mask it any longer. The next two years are going to be extraordinarily difficult to deal with. They're going to be extraordinarily dangerous as well. Because this is their mentality. Here's more of their mentality. You remember Representative Hank Johnson from Tennessee? You remember Hank, don't you? Democrat Representative Hank Johnson from Tennessee on the first day of the new Congress yesterday, as it was sworn in, took to Twitter to tell everybody that Trump supporters, meaning MAGA supporters, Make America Great voters, are not educated enough to continue to live. This is a tweet from yesterday from Hank Johnson, Democrat representative from, I think I said Tennessee, my apologies, Georgia. Hank Johnson from Georgia said, quote on Twitter, Donald Trump and his Make America Great Again followers are older, less educated, less prosperous, and are dying early. (laughs) I would love to know, I would love to know what study this man has uh, that can indicate or prove that, but He said uh, they are less educated, less prosperous, and they are dying early. Their lifespans are decreasing, and many are dying from alcoholism, drug overdoses, liver disease, or simply a broken heart. No, he said this. This is Hank Johnson, Democrat from uh, Georgia. And I think it's worth reminding everybody exactly who Democrat Hank Johnson from Georgia is. The man calling Donald Trump and his supporters uneducated and individuals who are too dumb to be able to keep themselves uh, alive, they're dying early because of what they believe. This is the man who once, when questioning a United States Army general about positioning troops on the U.S. territory known as the island of Guam, once had this exchange with him. This is a uh, island that at its widest level is, what, 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 24 miles long, about 7 miles wide at the least widest place on the island and about about 12 miles wide. uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, 
Can you just hear the gears in this man's head grinding and grinding and grinding, trying to figure this out? Smoke coming out of his ears, but you haven't gotten to the best part yet. Why is he fixated on the size of Guam? I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The uh the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000, and again, with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. The whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. I cannot laugh every time I hear this. And he keeps being reelected by Democrats in Georgia. <laughs> and now on the day of the first day of the new Congress, he's tweeting about how uneducated Donald Trump voters are. Oh, Lordy, are we in for two years of, uh, <laughs> of insanity? It's 922. Let me get a quick time out. The brilliant sage of South Central, uh, Larry Elder, going to be joining me at 935. If you want to join me, dial now, 216-901-0945. Back after this. Nine twenty-seven out of Operation Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, yeah, the left is uh, is off the hook. They are off the chain. Call it whatever you want to call it. They are literally uh, just uh, caricatures right now. Muslim representative coming into Congress, calling the president a mother blanker uh, in front of full view of video people, record video cameras and uh, microphones, and people with cell phones recording. She knew what she was doing. She knew it was going to go viral, and it's exactly what she wanted to do. There will be no civility. They have to try to stop Donald Trump now by way of impeachment because I don't think they believe they can beat him. No one in their list of 20 or 30 candidates is going to be able to beat them, especially with the jobs performing the way they are and so many of the other uh, uh, positive things that are going on in this country because of the president. TJ is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. TJ, Happy New Year. Go ahead. Happy New Year, Bob. You know, Bob, one of my New Year's resolutions was to be a kinder and gentler caller, so here goes. You know, in the paper, I've seen a picture of Sherrod Brown and his wife, Commie Schultz. And I'm thinking about what if he was to win the presidency, what would they say about the first lady? Now, the Bush women, they said, had great grace. Uh, Hillary Clinton had great pantsuits. Michelle Obama had beautiful arms. Uh, Melania Trump is just beautiful. The only thing they could say about Commie Schultz is she's got a beautiful appetite. Oh, my, TJ. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We're better than that. Bob, I wasn't good on New Year's resolutions. But one other <laughs> no, thing, you really yeah, weren't. Yeah, with this Johnson, you know, I yeah. always get a kick out of this when I argue with these libtards. You know, they call us the uneducated. And I look at all our major cities in the country, and what they're pumping out is uneducated dopes out of these public school systems. And the one thing they all have in common, the majority of them, who do they vote for? 
Democrats. Amen. Who's look at it in po- look at it, look at it in poverty levels. Look at it in crime levels. The worst cities in America, the worst big cities in America, with the highest poverty levels, the highest crime levels, highest levels of drug use, highest levels of incarceration, highest levels of runaways, highest levels of dropouts, etc., etc., etc. All these statistics are easily sourced and verifiable. They are all dedicated and devoted to Democrat leadership. They have voted for them for decades on end, and they are the worst cities in the country, and they don't even seem to understand. They continue to vote for their own demise. They continue to vote for their own pain and suffering, and they don't even know any better, yet they're going to call us on this. And what, wait, Bob, one other real quick thing somebody yeah. ought to tell this, this Congressman Johnson. If we allow so many illegals in this country, <clears throat> we might just tip over. <laughs> TJ playing it absolutely perfectly. Thank you, TJ. Love you, man. That was outstanding. I might have to run that one by Larry Elder when he joins us next on AM 1420, The Answer. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it. So can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Well, if you have to give her credit for anything talking about freshman Muslim representative Rashida Tlaib from Michiganistan. She isn't bound by political correctness either when she says things like this. I love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I say, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother... Yeah, that's a freshman Democratic representative calling the President of the United States a mother blanker on her first day in Congress. And it's normal. Oh, my goodness gracious. I promised you a free-for-all Friday treat, and I deliver on it right now. He is the sage of South Central, the brilliant Larry Elder, joining us for a visit here back in Cleveland, once his stomping grounds on AM 1420, The Answer. Larry, good morning, my friend. How are you? 
Morning, Bob. As you well know, I lived in Cleveland for 17 years. First two years in Mayfield Heights, and then I moved downtown, and then I moved to the flats. I had a blast. That's why we call it your stomping grounds, my friend, and it's always great when you come back to visit with us. Uh, All right, Larry, there's so much I want to get into. We'll get into shutdowns and border walls and everything else, but this came overnight. I found it this morning, actually. This uh, Muslim representative, who, by the way, uh, is also a denier of Israel's right to exist. She put a a sticky note over her map in her congressional office, putting Palestine in place of where uh, Israel is. She supports BDS, um, and now she says on day one, what does this say, not just about her, but about the Democrat Party, Larry, that on day one, a freshman representative, instead of coming in, keeping her head down, learning the ways around Washington and the Capitol, immediately knowing that cameras are... Have I lost you? Oh, can you hear me, Larry? I hear you now. Okay, sorry. I don't know if you heard. Oh, you lost us for a while. That's a problem. We have a cell phone issue then. Sorry about that. My question was, what does it say not only about this freshman representative who would say this on day one of her uh, uh, you know, first day in, in, uh, on the job in Congress, but what does it say about the Democrat Party? No one is going to uh, denounce this or renounce this. No one is going to disavow her remarks that she comes in on day one and calls the president a mother blanker. Well, Bob, that's just a, <clears throat> a continuation of the other things they've been calling the president. They call him everything from a fascist to a Nazi uh, to, a, uh, to a racist to a sexist. So this is just a continuation of the same thing. This is a very radical party. It has moved sharply to the left. This is a party whose base, forget about the, uh, the, the fringe people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We're talking about the base. They want a $15 minimum wage. They want tuition-free college. They want uh, a standards care or Medicare for all. Uh, they, many of them want to abolish ICE. This is where this party is. And the hostility towards Israel uh, and the hostility towards Jews uh, is, is, in my opinion, becoming an increasingly big problem with that party. What about these founders of the Women's March and all the anti-Semitic things that they said so that the, the founder of the march has now distanced herself from the other ones who co-founded the march because of the anti-Semitism that they've been saying. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will not say where she, where she stands on the boycott, divest, sanction movement. What does that tell you? This is a really radical party, hostile to Israel, and in my opinion, quite hostile to Jews. You've got a bunch of uh, members of, of the House, Bob, who are friends with uh, Minister Farrakhan, will not denounce him. If you can't denounce somebody who's called uh, Jews uh, a, a, uh, a gutter religion uh, and who's praised Hitler, I don't know what you can do. And how and why much of the media have not uh, put the, uh, the, the, the hammer to the Democrats because of their embrace of people like Farrakhan and their embrace of the boycott, divest, uh, sanction movement is beyond me. One person has, that's Jake Tapper. He's called out a few of these representatives, but by and large, they've gotten a pass. Larry, we, um, I'm worried about what's going to happen for the next two years. Uh, and I'm not worried because I already know what's going to happen. I'm just, uh, I'm just very concerned about it because, you know, we, we see all of this on day one. They introduced articles of impeachment from uh, California, the same guy who did it in 2017, right. on day one. Right. You got this woman calling for impeachment from Michiganistan uh, and calling him a mother blanker. You got Cortez uh, uh, calling for the same things and trying to push this Green New Deal, which would essentially destroy uh, all private lives and private business in the United States and certainly uh, the following fossil fuel industries uh, upon which we have relied right. for our existence. All of this is going on, uh, Larry, and, and Nancy Pelosi is refusing to let the government come back uh, to, full, uh, to full strength, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, over the border wall that they once supported. So all of this is going on, and it seems to me all they want to do is obstruct and investigate and, and, and try to uh, sanction and to try to harm President Trump for the next two years, because if they leave him to his work, we're going to continue right. to have great things happen, like 312,000 jobs being created in December. Right. How 
about that? I, I've told my listeners, relax, the Democrats are going to overreach. I thought it was going to take a while, but they, they've already done it. <laughs> and they just, uh, they've just taken office for one day. When you have Governor California outgoing Governor Jerry Moonbeam Brown saying the Democrats have gone too far. They've gotten too left, too far left of the majority of the country. Uh, the, that's a sign of the apocalypse. This is a, a governor uh, who earned the name Moonbeam because of all his wacky left-wing proposals. This is the one who wants the... Uh, the bullet train to nowhere. He feels more strongly about global warming than even Al Gore does, and he is warning the Democratic Party that the party has gone too far to the left. They're going to overreach. Normal people, uh, Bob, care about what you just now said, about the 300,000 plus jobs that were created last month. Normal people care about their paychecks. Normal people care about their 401ks. And, uh, and uh, in my opinion, when the election takes place in, tw- in November of 2020, Trump will run against somebody. Uh, it's going to be Elizabeth Warren or, or Cory Booker or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. It doesn't matter. Uh, the American people are going to look at the economy uh, in the last four years versus the economy of the eight years of Obama, who gave us, as you well know, the worst economic recovery since 1949. Not a single year, full year, do we have a 3% GDP growth or better. First time that's happened uh, since the Great Depression. So most people are going to look at this and they're going to think about uh, the the... the the avalanche of abuse that Donald Trump has taken his whole time, and in my opinion, they're going to pull the lever for the, Democrat, for the Republican Party. Imagine what would have happened if this were the third year of an investigation into the Obama administration for allegations of, uh, of collusion. And after three years, after two years, uh, they found no evidence of collusion whatsoever. The country, Bob, would be on fire. I think Republicans have behaved quite well considering the abuse that this president has taken. Larry, I could not agree more, considering everything that is being done to the president. Even he has behaved quite well. He still gets into some things where he puts his foot in his mouth, and I and I really, really kind of cringe. But I will tell you this. What they are doing right now with all of these attacks and, and overreaching, as you're talking about right now, they're going to create a situation where... He's going to be unbeatable uh, because people like me, I, I'm look, I like to call balls and strikes, as it were. I will call the president out for things that I think he's doing wrong, like Syria. Right. I will praise the living daylights out of him for everything I think he's doing right. Uh, and and But but what I'm going to do, he's going to drive people like me, or they're going to drive people like me into stopping any criticism whatsoever because we're going to rally around somebody who is being unjustly accused and targeted and harassed and attacked in the way that he is. And I feel like there are tens of millions more people like me who may be really, really sick and tired of this and who will defend him on principle even if they don't necessarily agree with everything he does but they're going to create a whole you know we're going to circle the wagons around our president if they keep this up well that's right where were the media bob when obama said if you like your doctor you can keep your doctor when he when he said that obamacare would bend the cost curve down when he lied and said his mother as she lay dying on a hospital bed in hawaii had to fight with her insurance carriers these lies perpetuated obamacare but for the assertion of all these lies obamacare never would have gotten passed what about pulling all the troops out of iraq over the entire defense apparatus he pulled it out over the advice of his national national security advisor over the advice of the CIA director, over the advice of the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, Joint Chiefs, uh, our ambassador to Iraq. He did it anyway, and then blamed it on the Bush timetable for crying out loud. And what about the Iran deal, where he said that there was this big fight between the hardliner ayatollahs and the uh, uh, moderate ayatollahs? Ha, 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 said Ben Rhodes, who negotiated the deal. There was no such thing as a moderate ayatollah. We pulled the wool over your eyes. He literally uh, almost said that to the New York Times. These were three major decisions that Obama made, all of which were on lies. Where were the media during that? 
That's exactly right. We're talking to the great sage of South Central, Larry Elder. You hear him every night right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Are you still there, Larry? Yes, I raise one other question, too. During the yes, eight years yes. of Obama, where was, the, where was the, 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 uh, the Democrat Jeff Blake? Where was the Democrat Bob Corker? Where was the Democrat Mitt Romney? Where was the Republican Maxine Waters? Obama made huge decisions. He transformed this country. Where were the critics on his side the way there are critics on, on, the, on, the, on Trump's side? You didn't see it. You didn't have that kind of antagonism, and if you did, that person would have been called a racist. Bingo! You you beat me to the punch. I was going to say, there were none, because if you did that, if you treated Barack Obama the way they have treated Donald Trump, you were going to be branded a racist. And as a matter of fact, Larry, it has gone so far that if you don't treat Donald Trump with the anger and the rage and the harassment from the media and so on and so forth, you're a racist uh, uh, because you're, you're, you're tacitly supporting him then. If you don't call right. him out, then you are, you are guilty of, of being a racist anyway. I mean, it's really a lose-lose. That's what they have created here. Um, I want to get to a couple of other issues before you go, Larry, and I appreciate your time this morning. Obviously, the shutdown continues, and, and, and apparently there is, there is going to be no blinking in this thing. Nancy Pelosi on day one yesterday said no money for the wall. None whatsoever. This despite the fact that she and Schumer and other Democrat leaders have voted for secure barriers in the in uh, the border fence funding and so on and so forth in the past. But they are against any barrier right now because it gives the president a win. It gives him a check mark in the promises kept column and that it's going to make him even harder to beat in 2020. So what do we do? Once once you start calling the president a Nazi and once you call the border wall racist and Nancy Pelosi yesterday called it an immorality, how are you supposed to compromise? Make the wall uh, less, make, make the wall racist-ish? How, how do you compromise on that? So both sides are dug in. This is an important uh, campaign promise the president made. And it's not just a campaign promise. It's about border security, national security, knowing who comes into the country, making sure that people who come into the country are, are not uh, burdens on our taxpayers. Why is this a partisan issue? Why is this not a nonpartisan issue? And about the money, are you kidding me? Since when have Democrats cared about making sure money was not uh, wastefully spent? Uh, Obama spent a trillion dollars on the stimulus program. We could have bought four border walls with that. That money was wasted. What about all the money we spent on the so-called war on poverty, Bob, uh, in the last 50 years? Almost $20 trillion, and poverty has won. It's not about the money. It's about making sure, as you pointed out, that President Trump does not get a victory, and it's about votes. They know that eventually there'll be so much pressure uh, to put on making sure that illegal aliens become citizens, become voters, and, the, and they eventually will pull that lever for the Democratic Party. If eventually illegal aliens who became voters pull the lever for the Republican Party, you and I would not be having this conversation. The borders would be, t- would be shut tighter than the clams behind. You know, that's obviously true. That is a big part of what they're doing. And also just the, you know, for census purposes, that's why they fought so hard against including the question about citizenship on the census, because they get more representation uh, in various right. uh, uh, Democrat areas, the, the more liberals who, who flock to their sanctuary city uh, abodes. Um, but but from your, to your point about national security, I'm going to ask you what I've asked a lot of other guests in this program, and I'm sure you've talked about on yours as well, Larry, and that is we have a defense budget. That is over, over, I think $82 million over what even the president requested and what the Pentagon requested. Congress was very generous in giving the Demo- or the, giving the, uh, uh, the Defense Department everything they needed to rebuild the military that was decimated by Obama. Right. And that's great. Right. Uh, but like I said, 82 million, billion rather, 82 billion more than what they actually requested. Can they not just take 25 of those 82 billion, which is a surplus? It's not going to hurt the military. It's not going to hurt DOD and their budget. Take 25 of that 82 billion dollar surplus and build us our wall with that. It is a national security issue. 
Absolutely. The, the total defense budget for, for this year is going to be $700 billion. You can't find $25 billion out of that to build the wall, a wall whose purpose is national security. I talked to Dr. Sebastian Gorka, who was his uh, national security advisor for a while, and I asked, why can't you use the defense budget to do this? And he says that the president is thinking about doing that. He told me that when the president first walked into office. What happened to that? I have no blooming idea. The president has said he's going to do that. Why he hasn't? I, I can't tell you. I, I wonder if it's not just because he wants this fight. You know, and what I mean by that is he doesn't want to say, well, I couldn't beat the Democrats and get them to give me the money, so I'm going to take it out of DOD. I, I think he wants to be able to say, I out-negotiated them. It'll help him in, in November or in uh, 2020, which is exactly what the Democrats, of course, why they've dug in here. They can't say, well, Trump got money out of us when we said he wouldn't, because then he will have won. No, I think the president really sincerely wants a wall. And if he could figure out a way of doing it, we'd have one right now. I think there are other reasons why he hasn't done it. Maybe there's some legal reasons why you can't do this and do that. I have no idea. All I know is I don't, I don't believe the president is playing games about this. He really wants this wall because he really understands about drugs, about sex trafficking, uh, and about the burden uh, that uh, illegal aliens who are unskilled pose on taxpayers. I really think he wants the wall. Yesterday, Senator Ted Cruz gave us another opportunity, and I love this, and I know you do too. Uh, he reintroduced the El Chapo Act, which would uh, reserve any amounts forfeited to the U.S. government as a result of the criminal prosecution of El Chapo and other drug lords for border security assets and the completion of the wall. This guy's got billions, for crying out loud, in drug money. If they get any of that money forfeited, uh, it goes to, uh, to the border wall. You think it'll go? I, 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 I don't know if it'll go, but I think it's a great idea. I've also heard that legislation has been introduced so that this guy that's doing the GoFundMe uh, for the wall, the money would actually go towards the wall. Because right now, if you send money to the government, you can't designate uh, that that money be spent for a specific purpose. And there's legislation now so that if people want to set up a GoFundMe for the wall, the money will, in fact, go towards building a wall. There's all sorts of ways we can do this. Why can't we have a telethon? Why can't we have, like, a Jerry Lewis telethon over the weekend? President Trump could host it. He'd raise $25 billion in three days. It wouldn't be a problem. There are I'm many not, ways we can get this done. I, I'm, I, I, I differ with you on this, Larry, and others, um, I, because I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not fond of, of starting a GoFundMe account when one already exists. We already have a GoFundMe account, and it is not voluntary. It is mandatory, and it comes out of our checks every two weeks. We already pay for that wall. By, the, by way of our income taxes, we just demand that it be appropriated as such. We shouldn't have to double right. pay. It should not be necessary. I, I, we should I, demand I, I, our, our I representatives do that job for us. I, I agree with you, but I, I would rather rather get it done. Uh, remember, Ronald Reagan set up a, a thing like that for refurbishing the uh, the Statue of Liberty, and they raised about seven hundred million dollars, and that uh, fund is still there. So it's not unprecedented for citizens to raise money for things that, in my opinion, the government ought to be doing. Uh, if it takes that, it takes that. I, I, I don't care. I just want to get it done. Last thing before you go, one one other uh, a bit of idiocy on day one of the new Congress. Uh, Representative Steve Cohen from Tennessee, I believe it is, uh, introduced once again uh, the a bill to abolish the Electoral College. He wants a simple, straight majority vote to decide the presidency. He claims that that's what Americans want, that they were never for this antiquated idea put forth by the founders. Notice they only do this when Republicans win. They never do this when Democrats win. Why isn't it a valid argument to get rid of the Electoral College uh, when Democrats win? They only want to do it when Republicans win. They know that, uh, and by the way, I, I, I don't buy this notion that but for the Electoral College, Donald Trump would not be president. He would have had a different campaign strategy. He would have campaigned in New York. He would have campaigned in California and gotten a percentage of those votes. So I'm not one of those who believes that if you get rid of the Electoral College, automatically it gives this huge advantage to Democrats 
because uh, both sides would campaign differently. But as you know, the founding fathers set that up for a reason. They wanted uh, the president to pay attention to rural areas and urban areas. This is a uh, a very uh, diverse country, uh, and the founding fathers wanted the candidates to acknowledge that. That's why it's there. It's never going to go anywhere because Republicans are not going to want to get rid of it. So it's another wasted time, wasted motion. Keep preaching that, Larry, because they don't want to hear that. I do that all the time, too, because you're exactly right. The president would have had an entirely different campaign if every vote in California mattered. He wouldn't have surrendered right. California because he knew electorally it was it was a non-starter for him. But if every vote mattered because of popular vote, then he would have been out there. So, yeah, keep That's preaching right. that. They don't want to hear it. Larry, keep preaching everything you preach. We absolutely love it. We love having you on, and I certainly love when you visit with us here uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you, my friend. Happy New Year. Go Tribe. Go, go, go Tribe, go Browns, too. Uh, Browns had themselves one heck of a football season uh, now that they've got Baker Mayfield. By the way, next time you see Hewitt, uh, give him a punch for me because uh, he keeps lying about me on, on uh, Baker Mayfield, okay? And by the way, on my show today, I'm going to have Urban Meyer, the coach of Ohio State. Uh, that was his last game in the Rose Bowl. He's coming on the show. And that's appointment listening right there. Thank you very much, Larry. Larry Elder, the Sage of South Central on AM 1420, The Answer. You'll hear him tonight, as he said, with Urban Meyer. Uh, it's 9.54. Let's uh, get a quick time out on AM 1420, The Answer. Nothing you can't handle. Nothing you ain't got. Canada. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Onward, we roll. It's 9.58. We are guest-free the rest of the way. That's good news for you. If you want to get in on a free-for-all Friday, any of the topics that we have been discussing, you can weigh in on. If it is something we have not yet discussed, you can weigh in on that. That's the beauty of a free-for-all Friday. We do have a lot of news to get into today. I just want to hit something real quick that Larry Elder and I were just discussing about that border wall. Nancy Pelosi says, no wall, no money, no how. Brandon Judd is the president of the National Border Patrol Council. He's nonpartisan. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's just a guy trying to do his job. And he says walls freaking work. I worked in Naco, Arizona for 10 years. We didn't have physical barriers in Naco, and illegal immigration and drug smuggling was absolutely out of control. We built those walls, those physical barriers, and illegal immigration dropped exponentially. Exponentially. And they know it as well. Democrats know it. Schumer knows it. Pelosi knows it. They all know that walls work. They just can't give in because it's not about working. It's not about whether they're effective. It's about 2020. And as I said to Larry Elder, and I'll reiterate it again, if Donald Trump gets them to come up shooting with any money for the wall at all, 
whether it's five billion or twenty-five billion or twenty-five thousand dollars, he will be able to say, "I got money from the Democrats to build a wall." I'm the great deal maker. I'm the great negotiator. Vote for me again. They refuse to give him that victory. They will sacrifice any amount of American lives from dangerous drugs and criminals coming across that border in order to get this political victory. Your phone calls, free for all Friday, next, right here on AM 1420. The answer. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.